Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. In today's episode, we're going to be rejoined by Shifter writer-director Jacob Burns and producer Zachary Burns to discuss the greatest time travel movie ever made. What time travel films are our personal picks? The one to rule them all. After this very essential discussion, we'll also talk about the latest news on Shifter. Spoilers. Shifter might be the greatest one you've never seen. <gasps> what? Jacob and Zach, if you guys give us really quickly the for, for listeners tuning in for the first time, what is Shifter? Uh, where can they find it and when? Uh, yeah, Shifter is a time travel horror movie. What? Uh, it's about a young woman who uh, she builds a time machine in her barn and experiments on herself and things go wrong very, very quickly. And uh, she f- suffers some painful and gruesome side effects. So, um, yeah, check it out. It's uh, it's going to be on, it's going to be distributed by uh, the Horror Collective, which is an awesome distributor. Super cool, uh, dudes. And it's going to be released on August 6th mm-hmm. to a multitude of VOD and digital platforms. Fantastic. Digital platforms is, is it's a great way to watch movies in the year 2020. You know, I, it's the only way. It's the only, it's the only way. way. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, all right. All right. All right. All right. So let's, let's, I, I think I might've bypassed. I got in such an excitement to talk about shifter. I, I might've bypassed proper introductions. Mm. Uh, Jacob and Zachary Burns are co-founders of the Cinematropolis. Uh, Jacob Burns, of course, as I said, the uh, writer, director, producer of Shifter, also Electric Nostalgia, also Let the Bodies at the Floor. Number of uh, nifty little IMDb credits you got going on there. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Burns, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, Mr. Left Eye Burns, uh, Zachary Burns, you are the producer on Shifter, Electric Nostalgia, Let the Bodies at the Floor, Home Sweet Home, a number of other films. Your, your ID, IMDb page is just stacking up, my man. So <laughs> welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. Thanks, dude. It's a real pleasure to to have real human interaction <laughs> and today's dinner. And it makes me really think about if only we could have a jump into a time machine, right? And go back to January and and just fix things. All those years ago. (laughs) All those years ago. It was at least 10 years ago. Uh, The before times, as we now call them. Oh, yes. Indeed. Oh, man. So I thought, since we can't actually do that, or can we, that you know of, let's vicariously live, uh, relive this experience by discussing our favorite time travel movies ever made. But before we do, uh, a couple of different housekeeping tips about this topic. Time travel is a very broad genre. In fact, it's so broad there are many subgenres of time travel films. So, I think I want to establish a couple of things. One, we are really the the real key rule is a person uh consciousness or thing needs to time travel in the movie. So, what I mean is, yes, that means Terminator 1 and 2 do qualify as time travel films, even though they are largely set in one time period, but time travel is required to for that in order to initiate that plot. Uh, that does exclude, however, I want to I just want to clarify 
really when thinking about time travel, that also includes time loop movies. And mm. what are time loop movies? That is Groundhog Day. Mm. That is Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. Movies I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that would also include the recent Hulu release, Palm Springs, which I loved. One of the best Very movies good. I've seen this okay. year. Very good. Fortunately, I'm like, I don't know. Let's just to simplify things. Let's let's set that out. Maybe we'll have a we'll have to have a whole other episode mm. a great about greatest. Groundhog Day style time loop movies. Yeah. Because mm. um, there's so many fun ones out there. I mean, you got Happy Death Day 1. Uh, you got Happy Death Day 2. I think there was a Happy Death Day 3 coming. Uh, <laughs> those kids, those darn kids just can't get out of that I loop. Know, right? right? Yeah. Outside of that, gentlemen, is there any clarifiers or questions you have about those rules? Anything you want to add just for the audience so that we know? So everyone knows when we say time travel film, what is, what is it we mean? Uh, yeah, no, I think I mostly agree with you. I think it can be pretty broad as far as as long as... A, a character, uh, like you said, or a consciousness uh, travels either forward or backward in time, and then that's kind of a larger overall point of the story of that happening. Then mm-hmm. um, I think that's a time travel movie. I don't know. I'm I, I made shifter, so I feel like the rules are very <laughs> loose. <laughs> yeah. Did you play by your own rules? Like I waiting to clarify. I, there, yes, there are. We purposefully avoided a lot of the the rules of time travel other than a character travels forward and backward in time. Yes. (laughs) That actually takes me to my first real question Uh here. So let's let the audience know a little bit about us and our experience with time travel. Yeah. I have long been a big fan of time travel as a plot device, Mm -hmm. both in television and Mm -hmm. film and video games. Zelda Ocarina of Time, one of my favorite video games ever made. Pretty much any time travel. You put time travel in any movie, I will literally sit down and watch, watch it. Yeah, even if it's terrible, Absolutely. I'll watch it just oh, because yeah. I'm intrigued. Because sometimes, because sometimes really bad movies actually deploy time travel in really fascinating ways. Yeah, totally, uh, sure. we'll talk about some of those uh, later in the show as well. Um, Lost, one of my favorite shows, features time travel. Spoilers. You like Lost? No. It's okay. terrible. Yeah. It's an abusive I didn't, I didn't think so. You I don't wish, seem like a lost I wish guy. you would bring it up more often. I know. <laughs> At least every time we'd mention time travel. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, time travel. Favorite subgenre of sci-fi, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Followed closely by alternate realities, which, again, is linked with time travel. Yeah. yeah. Sub-genre. So, uh, our preferences on time travel films. Uh, Jacob, like, when you think about a great time travel movie, what is it about that movie that sticks out to you and the way it deploys the, the plot device or idea of time travel. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think for me, like really it's, it's like you said, it's, if it's time travel, it's already got a lot of points counting towards it. Like it's just an intriguing concept to begin with. Um, but what I really love and respect is when movies kind of use the, the rules and ideas and, and, and the tropes and things that we've seen in a lot of other time travel movies uh, if they kind of use our knowledge of those against us, I really love that. Um, and I really love I- anytime they can surprise us. And uh, I hesitate to go much further because the, the movies I have chosen mm-hmm. all follow these rules. But yeah, anytime it can like, uh, you, you, you get caught up in the characters and the story and then it can surprise me somehow. I don't know where it's going. Um, that's always very, very exciting. All right. So we're more about the surprise element. Zachary, how about you? Um, well, uh, definitely all those things Jacob just said are all really good uh, things uh, about time travel <laughs> movies. Um, but, you know, even those, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I also really like the, uh, 
I mean, I just like time travel movies. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think terribly hard about it. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe those are maybe the kinds of time travel movies that I gravitate to, towards more are the ones that don't get super bogged down in the rules yeah, yeah, yeah. of the time travel because I mean, time travel is a completely made up thing. What? Um, I'm sorry. What? Uh, no, uh, science? Hmm? Science fiction. No. Zachary, science fiction. <laughs> that means that there's science in there. Science. Right? Yeah. That means it's hard, cold fact. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think, you know, I think sometimes time travel movies can get bogged down in, in trying to explain themselves and how it all works in yeah. their universe, uh, which can be fun to get into kind of that nitty gritty thought experiment stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think sometimes it can just get in the way of, having a good time and telling a good story. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers anybody's questions, but that's what, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, uh, you, you made a great note there about the way it's deployed. Cause I actually agree. One thing I want to mention, I have two, man, this is so weird. I have like two modes of time travel. I either want the movie to be about trying to explain it mm -hmm. or I want it to like, just be like, here's the rules. Don't think about it. Yeah. Like I think about Looper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think about Looper. We're gonna talk about a bunch of these movies. We might or might not talk about some of these movies on this list. But I'm throwing Looper out there for as an example. So do you know what's gonna happen? You done all this already? As me? I don't want to talk about time travel shit. Because if we start talking about it, then we're gonna be here all day talking about it, making diagrams with straws. It doesn't matter. When I hurt myself. It changes your body. This is what I do now. Change your memory. It doesn't matter. As yeah. much as I love movies that are actually about like the time travel mechanics and like kind of the paradoxical nature of it often, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the kind of thing I gravitate towards is the, the paradoxical nature of time yeah, travel. Sure. You're like, I can do this thing. Well, can you do the thing? And I think yeah. the ones that I think are the most interesting is when I can do the, the thing, but not in the way I thought I could do it. Like where, and I, there's like a lot of different Time travel theories, again, they are all actual theories. I don't actually believe in time travel, guys. So right. There's no science to back it up as an actual thing. It's all theoretical. But like there's string theory where you're you're looking at saying, hey, whatever happened, happened. This if if a thing occurred, if you time travel in the past, let's you always time traveled in the past and you can't that means you've always done it. So your the future uh, like like the past is your future. So it's already happened. I don't know. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's when like you really start thinking is, about it, yeah. time is fixed. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's fixed. Theory. Yeah. And when you start thinking about the, the, the theory of relativity, well, the, the the past is your future, but that means you've already done it. You just haven't done it yet. You know. Yeah. And again, I love I love talking about that. I love mm -hmm. geeking out about it, but it doesn't actually lead to anything productive. <laughs> I just think the <laughs> the conundrum of people trying to figure that out is a really fun, absolutely, uh, a really yeah. fun, I would say, story. Uh, or could be. Um, so I like those movies that get really in the weeds about it. But at the end of the day, I think really the ones that most people are going to remember, the ones that I think are the best, the best movies on the whole uh, are the ones where they lay out the rules and they just say, here's the rules. Don't sweat it. Just, just roll with yeah, it. Just go yeah. With it. Because mm -hmm. if you ask too, too many questions, it's just not going to be fun anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take uh, back to the future. For example. Now, I don't think this made any of our lists because I think we all agreed before when playing this podcast that it's the perfect time travel movie. Yeah, it is perfect. Yeah. And also, if you start questioning it, it immediately falls apart, like yeah. almost instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's still but one like of... Like any time travel movie, of course it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, but it is one of, I would still say, one of the best movies. It's fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, at least in, in that time yeah. travel subgenre, like it is, uh, at least for the mainstream, like it's got everything. It's got romance. It's got comedy. Uh, it, 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 
it figures out, I love like kind of the way it compares and contrasts cultures in the yeah. 1980s and, and then um, 1950s. And if you go to back to future part two, 2015, which was nothing like our actual 2015, <laughs> which makes me really want us to make another, we got to remake back to the future part two guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think something that's interesting about time travel movies and we'll, I know we'll get into some of these later, but that I feel like they can, uh, what's the word? They don't get dated as much as other movies because the date is like mm -hmm. a part of it. Like Back to yeah. the Future is a very eighties movie. Yeah, but but that's part of it. It has yeah. to be it, like yeah. like, and that that's because because then you contrast the eighties and the fifties. Like it makes that more obvious. If they had like toned down the eighties aspect and tried to make it more like you know it, this could take place at any time or whatever. Yeah, that would lessen the whole fifties aspect. And I feel like that's true of a lot of other time travel movies as well. That like I feel like they actually might have a a longer lifespan. Uh, of people, you know, being able to watch it without going, haha, look at the weird things they're wearing. But yeah, that's like part of it is like the fact that they're in different time periods. I think that's kind of an interesting yeah, that's a good point. thing that time travel can do. I think you're onto something there about the most timeless movies are the ones that are kind of set in that time. Mm -hmm. I feel like the best time travel movies, especially if they're playing with hard dates that are tied to our reality in some way, really tell us a lot more about the time frame that that was made in mm -hmm. than like time frame that they're going to right yeah. like uh back to the future isn't really a part one isn't really about the 50s it's really about the 80s and how in the mm -hmm. 80s they looked at the 50s and how silly the 50s looked in comparison um and then of course back to the future part two is where they thought everything was going and especially now that we're in 2020 we're five <laughs> years past the date we're like not only were they way off they they all the thing it was like the super 80s right yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. there it's it's interesting I think how in the best time travel movies, a lot of times they'll get the ideas of where we're heading right, but the, the way they realize the technology is wonky. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but wrong. it's interesting that time travel movies, there really weren't that many until like the 80s. Like really before yeah. that, there are, you know, there was the time machine with Rod Taylor that mm -hmm. came out in like the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Um, there's things like Planet of the Apes, which you could mm -hmm. maybe consider. And then really not much. There's probably more oh, out there lot, than, yeah. than, than I realize. Um, and then you've got like the Star Trek movies in the seventies and, and some other things, but it's really, it feels like it's not until the eighties that time travel really picks up. Cause you've got Terminator and back to the future. And then um, I'm going blank now, but yeah, it just seems like yeah. starting then that's when kind of, there was this huge surge for time travel movies and we're still kind of feeling it. I don't know. Just interesting. interesting well, I, mean, I wonder why they waited wonder why it took so long for it to kind of catch on for people. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if uh, one thing, and I am not, uh, I know people in my life who mm -hmm. I might bring on front of the podcast who have actually studied nostalgia culture. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's always been somewhat inherent, but I do know mm -hmm. that in the eighties, there was a lot of nostalgia for the fifties from that, yeah. that generation who grew up in the fifties, like, yeah. you know, that were like grown parents, or maybe even having grandkids in the eighties were nostalgic for the times of the fifties. Yeah. Um, and before that was like World War Two and World War I. So like, you know, I mean, like the pop culture hadn't really evolved. Like the 50s is really kind of where we see pop culture in a lot of ways become like more crystallized. Mm. Again, this is just me as a non yeah. uh, high, uh, higher educated on the entire evolution of pop culture. But I, I do know that there is something to they look back on the 50s and there was a lot of nostalgia for it. And like, what if we could we could do time travel at travel back in time and live through that again. Yeah. Um, and we're still experiencing that today. I um, mean, gosh, we see that 
uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, the X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a little bit of that in Avengers Endgame, and, except for that's really interesting because it's more nostalgic about the last 10 years you just experienced. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot of time traveling. I do think that, and I don't think it's the key, but I do think, uh, Jacob, I would, I would love to kind of read more into... Like what is going on in the cultural zeitgeist related to like looking back on the past fondly yeah. and remembering how great it was, like yeah. the good old days sort of thing, and how that might be some way connected to you know the increase of time travel films. But of course, also because we live in a Western capitalist society, you get a, a big box office hit like Terminator or Back to the Future, and all of a sudden everyone's going to yeah. have the time yeah. travel <laughs> movie, and it turns into a, a subgenre. You yeah, know? so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things going on there, but I think that is a really, really uh, astute observation about like. When did this become a thing that yeah. we just love to do? Yeah. Mm. Okay. One more time. So, uh, listeners, now that you have a uh, better understanding of exactly where we're all coming from with time travel movies, here's how uh, we're going to take this next section. So, we each have three movies picked. We have two runners up, and then we have the greatest time travel movie ever made, at least our argument for it. Uh, and then we will follow up with our favorite bad time travel movie, and then we'll close out by doing some honorable mentions. So with that said, you better uh, buckle up. Uh, we're going up to 88 miles per hour, Marty. So uh, let's uh, let's dive right in. <laughs> roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Let's go to our first runner-up pick. So again, we're each going to say our pick. We're going to make a case for why it's the greatest, and then uh, we will. The, have to discuss amongst ourselves whether we agree or disagree. So Zachary Burns, we're actually going to kick the first runner up to you. Yikes. Don't screw this up. Yeah. No promises. Prefacing all of my picks for everyone listening to this. Uh, I purposefully kind of sought out movies that time travel movies that I don't think people talk about a lot. Uh, uh, just to, I don't know, just to get more eyes on those movies. Cause I think they're really fun uh, or really cool. Um, so just heads up. Some of these picks might be things you guys aren't aware of, um, but they're great and you should watch them. Such a hipster. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm always <laughs> that guy. Uh, but so first, first, uh, first runner up, uh, is I am going to say the, the original planet of the apes movie from 1968. Uh, yeah, which yeah, that movie like that. rules. Talk about a timely so time travel movie. 1968 was a really crazy year in the his- American history. Now we're talking about cultural co- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cultural context yeah, yeah, yeah. there. They blew it up. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! <laughs> they, they did. They did. Damn them all. Damn them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Planet of the Apes is actually, it's uh, it's not one that people really, I think, normally think of as a time travel movie mm-hmm. uh, because it's not a giant element of the movie and you don't even realize that it is much of an element of the movie until the very end, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is that ending is an iconic ending. Mind-blowing. Even, even if you haven't seen the movie, I'm positive that you guys know what the ending of that movie is yeah. because it's just everybody knows what had the end of that movie. I just remember in Mad Men and they're an episode where they <laughs> yeah. Don Draper and his son watch Planet of the Apes and they yeah. see the ending. <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, and I, uh, I believe as the story goes, uh, Rod Serling, Twilight Zone master, yeah. 
uh, is the person who came up with that ending oh, for the movie. Amazing. Uh, because of course he did because he's Rod Serling and he can think of amazing things like that. I just think that movie is super great. Uh, Charlton Heston, uh, if you don't know the plot of this movie, um, Charlton Heston <laughs> uh, and a couple other astronauts are sent on a mission from Earth uh, to basically just like explore this distant thing that they found and they don't know what they're going to find there. And then so they kind of crash land on this planet. And hey, it's a planet full of apes. Uh, damn dirty that, apes. Yeah, damn dirty apes that uh, are, uh, they're intelligent apes. They they talk. They have their own society. You mean people? Uh, You're talking about people. No, I'm actually talking about apes. What? Yeah, pretty weird, right? Huh. Um, and so, yeah, the apes are in charge of this planet. And there are people, but people are, and they're, they're more like, no, actually, the people aren't in charge. What? The people are more like our apes now as they, they are all mute. Uh, they they don't have organizations or governments or anything. They're just... No, that's like, like us now. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just was going to say, is this a time travel movie in the sense that it's going to happen in the future? <laughs> like we're on track there? Right. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and uh, not to spoil a forty-five-year-old uh, movie with like uh, one of the most iconic endings to yeah. any sci-fi movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it w- basically comes to find out it's literally like the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah, we find out that uh, Charlton Heston is actually on Earth the whole time. What? He had just, unbeknownst to him, traveled like two thousand years into the future, uh, and uh, how he learns this is he discovers. The uh, Statue of Liberty buried in the sand uh, with just the head and uh, the hand with the torch sticking out uh, that reveals the truth that he was on Earth the whole entire time. What? Uh, And just throughout those 2,000 years while he was gone, uh, apes got smart and took over. People got dumb. Uh, And there you go. Amazing, yeah, amazing, prophetic. One could argue, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I think the thing I really like about this, Zach, this is a great pick. I like this because again, it, it utilizes time travel to underscore some real interesting things. And I know the themes might not be, you know, uh, most exciting thing, but it's like, hey, at the end of the day, you know, we are humans are stuck with our mistakes, right? Like at the end of the day, like he he does all the things to escape. He, he tries to get out, but at the end of the day, like humans, the human condition was inevitable and he's stuck living with it. And now at the end of the movie, he's just stuck on the planet and the yeah. future. He can't get like, there's no way home really. Like he's just stuck. Yeah. It's cause he is home. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> His home's uh, ruined yeah. and yeah. he's stuck in it. He's like, so yeah, I, I just think that's a, again, it's a, a nice monkey's paw twist uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, where they're he, apes, not monkeys. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn dirty puns. Um, that's not a pun, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think that, it, it again, the, it utilizes the theme there that, you know, he gets what he wants. He gets to go home because he realizes he never left, and he's then stuck with it. Yeah. Bummer. It's a really delightful it's movie. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I'd also like to point out that the third Planet of the Apes movie, yes. Escape from Planet of the Apes, is also a time travel movie. Is 
more upfront a time travel movie. And it is amazing. It is great. It is. Honestly, just watch all of the Planet of the Apes yeah, movies. They're all and I'm including the the new newer trilogy yeah. that also came out uh, a few years ago that actually also works within the original timeline. Yeah. Uh but yeah, they're they're all great. But yeah, so the first one and the third one, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, definitely have time travel elements, uh, especially the third one more specifically. Yeah. I won't spoil that one because yeah. it's, it's just so fun. The, 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 uh, yeah, if you don't know and you watch the movie the first time, the, the opening moments are pretty great. They're, they're <laughs> great. They're great. Um, unfortunately, you'll, like, for context's sake, you'll have to watch the second one, which is the yeah. weakest apes movie of all of the apes movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just watch it for the context. There's still some fun stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, but get yourself to that third one. Cause Oh buddy, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun one. That sophomore slump is always a tough one. Um, yeah. I do want to, so just to clarify it on a couple things, one, the original plan of the apes run was it five movies, five movies. Yes. Five movies. Okay. So watch those five movies. Mm-hmm. Then probably maybe definitely skip the Tim Burton one from 2001, 2002. Uh, yeah. You, with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it's got some great, Ape makeup yeah. It does yeah it looks uh, great. like really great. Um, the score I still listen to the score right. The score is, the score is really, really good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny yeah. Elfman who oh, always does a great job. Always, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the ape makeup and the the, the score is is uh, is great, but uh, the movie itself is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, seeing Mark Wahlberg, Michael Clark Duncan, Helen Bohem Carter in that makeup might might be worth it. I think Tim Roth's in there too, right? Yeah. Oh, Roth. yeah. Tim Roth is the main kind of bad ape. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's a, there, stuff. There's good stuff. Okay. In there. Yeah. I might have, I might have undersold like, it a little yeah. bit. Like, uh, it might be worth checking out. Yeah. Because uh, there, there is a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe as a movie as a whole, it doesn't quite all come together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but All right. There, there's good stuff in there. Okay. And, and of course, last time too, there is actually that recent trilogy that starts with the uh, rise, rise of, of the planet, planet of the, the apes, apes. Yeah. James Franco. And then yep. we get the dawn of the planet of yeah. the apes. Yeah. Dawn is incredible. Dawn's awesome. And, and then you yeah. get war for the planet of the apes, which yeah. is basically like the 10 commandments, but with apes movies <laughs> <laughs> where Caesar yeah. uh, played by Andy circus is essentially Moses taking yeah. his people to the promised land. Basically. Holy cow. How did that movie get made? And wow. I'm so disappointed. More people didn't see it. Cause right. it is oh, so man, good. It's so good. so good. And that like specifically with that last one, um, like for a movie in today, uh, being made today, like Andy Serkis as an ape and all of his ape buddies, yeah. Uh, in War for the Planet of the Apes, like they're legit the main characters. Yeah. Uh, we barely spend any time with the human characters in that movie. Uh, I think Dawn, it's kind of half and half. Yeah. Uh, and and the movie before that, Rise, is primarily we're hanging out with James Franco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and little baby Andy Serkis as Caesar the ape as he's growing up. Uh, but yeah, that last one, War for the Planet of the Apes, like it's legit. Like the apes are the main characters, and we're hanging out with them for basically the entire movie, and it's really good. Yeah, awesome. highly recommend all three of those. But yes, original pick, 1968, Planet of the Apes. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that, Zach. I, I guess I can give that a pass for for runner up number one. Uh, <laughs> but Jacob, you've got to you got to make sure yours meets that match there. So or make yeah makes uh, matches that. It's also Planet of the Apes. No. <laughs> oh, wait. Does that yeah. match? Yeah, that was uh, that, that, actually my was Planet of the Apes, too. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. 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 All three of my picks okay, are cool. Planet yeah. of the Apes. Yeah. That checks out. Uh, so my uh, 
first pick is uh, a little movie uh, came out a few years ago um, called Time Crimes. Ooh, Time Crimes. Oh, yes. So, Time Crimes. I I actually hesitate to get too much into the plot because that's part of the fun, and since it's a more recent movie, uh, you should definitely definitely go watch it. But essentially, a guy, uh, he's at home. His wife has just left to go to the store or something like that. Yeah. And uh, this movie pretty much jumps straight in to what it is. There's very, very little setup. So, uh, this guy, he's left at home, and he sees something weird He's like looking through his binoculars uh, and he sees something weird happening and he goes to explore. And uh, <laughs> how do you explain it? Things it, go very wrong it very goes quickly. Off from there, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a movie that really, really plays with uh, kind of like, oh man, what would you call it? Just, it just really, really has fun with the, 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 the constant like seeing things from different perspectives, like seeing the same scene mm-hmm. uh, from a different perspective. And they just do it over and over again because uh, things just kind of keep looping and twisting and, and coming back around on themselves. And sometimes we'll come back to a scene like three or four times. <laughs> like <laughs> it's insane. And just seeing this, this, this poor guy, uh, he basically makes one kind of mistake early on and that mistake just keeps compounding and compounding and he keeps trying to fix it and then just more mistakes and just more things go wrong. And uh, um, yeah, it just keeps going and then has a great, great ending, of course. But yeah, so it's it's kind of a um, kind of a time travel like thriller. I don't think it ever quite goes to like horror necessarily, but no. it's, it's more like thrilling. Uh, but it's definitely like it, it can be really funny. Uh, it is a little tense sometimes. Uh, um, it can be very tragic and sad. Um, it just really encompasses a lot of emotions and feelings uh, with kind of just this, this, yeah, kind of a snowball effect of time travel, uh, how one little thing can kind of just keep rolling and rolling down the hill and get bigger and bigger. So it, so it kind of sounds like Rashomon with time travel at least from the premise, but it sounds like it get kind of, you said the multiple perspectives. Uh, would you say it differs from, from that for listeners who might not be familiar? Yeah, it's it's not quite Rashomon necessarily, but essentially, without getting too spoiler, a, a character, the, the lead character will kind of see himself doing something from afar, mm-hmm. and then eventually he will catch up with that time that he saw earlier and do that thing. And we see why he did that thing. Yeah. Um, and it makes, makes sense at that point. And there's just a ton of things like that that are just like, there's, there's a ton of like just really great setup and payoff where like they'll set up something where you're like, well, that was just weird. <laughs> what was that? And then 20 minutes later, we'll come back to that moment and it will make, Total sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the, I, I think that's a great thing about time travel films yeah. is the way they use context. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and again, relativity and context yeah. just to like, yeah, lots of surprises. Like, yeah. you, like, why is that character like blowing up a building, or why is this character beating his head against the the wall to do something, or why yeah. are they putting a cat in a basket and leaving it right on this curve? <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense. This character would have no reason to do that. And then, you know, an hour later or whatever, you're like, yeah. what? That actually, that checks out. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, I think that requires really clever and thoughtful writing too. You know, the way yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like a lot of like, uh, anytime you're doing time travel films like that, 
you, these things have to line up in some way. I'm sure there's lots of very interesting uh, diagrams, you know, that you, you make. Yeah. I can't imagine making this movie. I can't imagine writing oh, yeah. it for one thing. Cause I know even on shifter where the time travel was kind of more, wasn't necessarily the forefront as much as in time crimes. Like it was such a struggle. Like I constantly had to go back in the script and look at it and be like, wait, what was she doing there? What was going on? And then, so I can't imagine on something like time crimes where basically every single scene is basically a reference to an earlier point in the movie. Like, oh man, I I can't imagine what, what, what that screenwriting process was like. And then just like shooting it just for continuity and all that. Um, oh, continuity has to be a nightmare on that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had so, to be so complex putting that movie together. Yeah, but it, oh, it man, they pulled it off. It works. So, did you build any diagrams when you were writing Shifter, or did you just kind of write it and made it kind of like rewrote it? Uh, not necessarily diagrams. Like it was more of just like I kind of tried to come up with the basic rules of what was happening, and then tried to like live within those rules, and then I just kind of generally kept track of what was going on, but it kind of, um, yeah, it kind of goes off the rails, uh, as we go. But, uh, yeah, I, it, it was definitely, uh, again, nowhere near as complex a timeline as, as time crimes. Uh, but, uh, um, Thank yeah, God, it was definitely, honestly. yeah, yeah, no <laughs> joke. Yeah. It was definitely something we had to think a lot about. And then going back to the continuity thing on set, that was definitely a major thing to, to consider every time we went to shoot one of those scenes, we had to really, Pay attention to what what the heck we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding it in the left hand in that shot. You got to make sure it's in the left hand yeah. this direction yeah. towards the camera. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. My pick, runner up, rather. Yeah, the yeah. First lay it on us, man. This is tough because I feel like to even mention this kind of sort of spoils the movie a little bit. But I got to do it because this is a show about the greatest time travel movies. We got to talk about the greatest time travel movies. Yeah. And if if it's there, we got to talk about it. So if they don't like it, they can time travel. Yeah, just rewind. Before you said it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled, you just hit that little uh, forward 30 seconds button. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Very yeah. good. You time traveled. Exactly. Right through that podcast player. But make sure not to, to do it through the ads. We need we need the ad revenue. <laughs> so. we, we need those guys. Uh, my pick, runner up, number one, is going to be an anime called Your Name. The day a star fell, it was almost like... Like seeing something out of a dream. Nothing more or less than a breathtaking view. Now, like Zach, I really, I was really tempted to put Terminator 2 on my picks, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't for a couple of reasons. The biggest one being that while I think it is probably one of the best movies that utilizes time travel at all made, I think I don't really go to it for the time travel, right? So, so, so in my mind, when I think about time travel, your name utilizes time travel in a more interesting way than Terminator 2. That's not to say that Terminator 2 isn't a better movie, though I actually think there's some debate there because your name's pretty freaking amazing. So this is uh, an anime that came out, I believe, 2016 in the States. So I think so. I think it was like the spring of 2016. One of those. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, Makoto Shinkai, I believe. Uh, he recently released Weathering with You. If you remember the Before Times, that's one of the last <laughs> movies I saw. Uh, <laughs> I saw in January, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is his film, and here's the thing. God, I'm spoiling this so hard. It's a body <laughs> swap movie. Oh, it's amazing. It's a it's a body swap movie, and it's really clever because you. You don't realize it's a time travel movie until halfway through the movie, Ugh. and and like it it w- once you discover it's a time travel movie, it 
fundamentally changes what's going Amazing. on. God. It's, 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 a, so good. it's such a good reveal. It's, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I guess I will say this. I will at the very least not spoil the reveal for how the character, yeah, yeah, yeah. how yeah. one of the characters that is Ugh. figures out it's a time travel, like that, that there's time travel involved. Yeah. Uh, I won't reveal that, but it let me just say it's fantastic. It was like one of those, you're watching it again, body swap. You're like, okay, weird body swap. Yeah. Uh, sci-fi. You have a, 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 a teenage boy in the city, city kid, seems like a middle-class family uh, versus a, a girl who grows up in the countryside, very simple life, a lot of spirituality involved, you know, all that stuff. And basically they inexplicably start swapping places uh, every day. Like they'll go, when they go to sleep, they wake up in their body, vice versa. And they find out um, what the other person did in their body. And they actually are able to communicate through like notes and stuff. They leave each other. It's great. It's sweet. It's adorable. It's fun and cute. I know it's a body swap movie, which is a weird, people think that's kind of a weird subgenre. It's They have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> But the, the, the real thing, that so that's the charming part. The time travel is the mind-blowing part, though. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. again, I don't want to spoil anything that happens after the reveal or what the reveal is. But needless to say, you find out that there's a huge time travel element and, the, and only one of the characters finds out about it. And basically, the rest of the movie is him figuring out how to solve, like how to reconnect with this person. Yeah. So I really like it because at the end of the day, time travel is a plot device deployed to kind of show how closely our lives are intertwined, even though we all live very far apart. Uh, I really love how it shows how much more in common we have um, than differences. People, even though they have they they live uh, wildly different lives and have different perspectives, they can both kind of walk in each other's shoes. While at the same time, while they realize what's similar, they also realize what's different and um, really grow as humans. And then, of course, that leads to a beautiful romantic subplot and time is keeping them apart. And we're not sure. And then when you're watching, you're like, how the heck are they going to figure this out? Like you're watching, like there's no way. And I'm not saying there's any sort of science uh, or even plot logic that makes it, makes it work perfectly. But man, God, I love that movie. It's so good. That movie is incredible. I just remember we saw it in the theater. This thing happens and the theater was just like silent. And this guy behind us just went, oh, brutal (laughs) (laughs) and he was right yeah he's dead on (laughs) oh it's so good it's amazing how that movie it's so like laugh out loud funny Mm -hmm. and then tears running down your cheek sad oh yeah tragic and uh but also beautiful but beautiful and like and Oh, God. But also how it gets your adrenaline rushing because yeah. like you get you oh, get yeah. you get so involved in the characters in the story yeah. and it's genuinely one of those movie things again you, you think you kind of have an idea of where it's going a little bit in the first half and then yeah. when you find out again time travel element you're like what is where's this going <laughs> yeah, I yeah, genuinely yeah. don't know yeah. where it's going or how they're going to solve whatever this thing is like I don't know what's going on but uh, it's so it's an adventure and there were multiple times where I was like oh my god maybe. Maybe he or she's not gonna make it. Oh my god! Yeah. And you just like you're, you're really just like right there yeah. in the movie oh, again. God. Just so good. Uh, it's so good. I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna have to leave this uh, and immediately watch it. Again, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I get home. Incredible use of suspense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have absolutely. to say, absolutely. I absolutely love that movie. So uh, that's called Your Name. It's anime. Uh, you know the the dub will suffice, but the sub's better. Um, I will also say this movie has a one hell of a soundtrack. I love I love it. I oh, listen yeah. to it. Um, from time to time still. Uh, so again, your name worth your time. Let's get rolling with runner up. Number two, we'll go, uh, we'll actually go counterclockwise around our table. So Whoa. we'll be turning it over to Jacob Burns. Ooh. What is your next runner? Up? I hope you're ready. Uh, 
So my next runner up is a little film called Looper. What? Yep. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is um, that like Vine? Were you looping videos and stuff? You guys nope. remember Vine? Nope. Rest in peace, Vine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Looper takes kind of a crime angle mm. to time travel that I like. Like time crimes? Yes. <laughs> well, different. Wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> are there? Are there? Hold on. Before you tell me any more. Yeah. Uh, are there loops involved in any way? There's some looping. Mm. Yeah. But not mm, Groundhog but not, Day. Not Groundhog Day looping. Okay. All right. Uh, gotcha. So Looper is about a uh, a gentleman played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt who is what is called a looper, right? Oh. Um, and so he works with some sort of mafia-type organization. Uh, so time travel exists, but it's been outlawed so the only people that use it are bad people and the way it's used by these bad people is it's how they dispose of bodies in the future so they'll send whoever they want disposed of back in time to joseph gordon levitt where he will then dispose of them Mm -hmm. in our time so future bad guys don't get caught you know no one finds the body no you know this person just goes missing uh and what happens is uh, eventually he ends up. It is it okay to spoil this aspect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. I would say this is the premise. This is okay. the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he the, there's a thing in the, the looper biz called closing the loop, and he is sent uh, one of his uh, victims that he is supposed to dispose of that's sent back is himself what? from the what? future. What? And he hesitates, and Future himself escapes. Uh, it's interesting to note that Future himself is played by Bruce Willis. Ah, shit. Right? Uh, and thus, Yeah, exactly. And thus, the excitement and thrilling adventure known as the film Looper uh, goes on from there. Um, Boy, does it. And, yeah, there's a whole other... There, it's, it's kind of an interesting time travel movie in that it brings in... Just as your name brought in, like, body swapping... Uh, Looper brings in its own kind of a different uh, it layers on top of that another sci-fi concept, which is kind of um, I guess telekinesis essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's part of the plot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, part of the reason why Future himself has come back is to deal with this whole telekinesis aspect. Um, and so it becomes kind of a uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's char- character is now uh. Chasing, he's on the run from his own organization because he screwed up by not uh, disposing of Bruce Willis, and he's also after Bruce Willis so he can close his loop and hopefully get back into good standing with his uh, with the organization he's a part of. So yeah, it's a really great uh, kind of sci-fi action slash crime film. Um, it um, was directed by Ryan Johnson, who later did another sci-fi movie. Kind of something small. What was uh, it called? Yeah, um, I think it was that indie one, right? Yeah, was it the guys with the the laser swords? Uh, yeah. And Last it? Jedi was that it? Was that? Star- oh, yeah, oh, the like Star that. Wars. Oh, Star yeah, the, Wars: The yeah, Last Jedi. Yeah, it was one of those Star Wars. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah, the one that was yeah. universally beloved by. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. But, okay. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, the writer director of a movie that was generally pretty beloved, uh, Knives Out. Yes. Just came out recently. 
It's true. No time travel on that one, unfortunately. So unfortunately that one did not, not make the that list. That we know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, it's revealed in the sequel. Yeah, that'd be great. What if it's set, the Looper and Knives Out are set in the same universe? Mm. Like, we're going to build up to it, you know? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm now going to start uh, behaving uh, with the assumption that all Ryan Johnson movies are in the same universe. Yeah. So, Brick, Looper, there. Knives Brick. Out, Brick. Star Brothers Wars, Bloom. Last Jedi, <laughs> Brothers Bloom, all same universe. Oh, yeah, The Last, yeah, the last Jedi. So there's yeah. that too. Well, all Ryan g- Johnson movies. <laughs> it's, a, it's a galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. Exactly, so, so it fits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what's his name? Uh, his friend's name, Noah Sagan. Is that his name right? He's yeah. In, uh, yeah, in all Sagan. of his movies. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Same, same character. Yeah. I mean, like the character just progresses in each film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes there's sense. a lot of twins. There's an arc. Yeah, <laughs> I see. It. I see. It. I never thought about that way. Um, so we need to step through a portal in time to go tell Ryan Johnson to write that in to his scripts. Yeah, there we go. I'm sure he will yeah, love it. I will, I'm sure he's it. probably listening to this right now. I'm sure. Yeah, Ryan Johnson's a huge fan. Cinematic schematic. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Ryan, answer my 35 emails I've sent you. <laughs> I, we really. I, I want us to talk. Uh, okay. Okay. Great. Great pick. Um, Zachary Burns. Throw it to you. What is your next runner-up? Uh, my next runner-up is uh, just the most delightful film, uh, Time After Time. Yes. Time After Time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie, if you haven't seen it, which I assume you probably haven't, it's... But after you hear this plot... Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, you're going to want to see it immediately. This movie is great. Okay, so the basic plot is... Uh, H.G. Wells. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, you're pretty much on board already. Oh, just wait. Uh, but basically, okay. So H.G. Wells invents a time machine, uh, back in like 18, whatever. Yeah, he didn't just write a book about it. He didn't just write a book about it. He lived it. Yeah. Um, so wow. H.G. Wells, uh, built a time machine, uh, in 18, whatever. Uh, but also around this time, there's this dude called Jack the Ripper running around murdering ladies uh, and no one can figure out who this guy is uh, and they're like what this sucks uh, this Jack the Ripper guy is just killing everybody um, so uh, jump ahead a little bit basically Jack the Ripper steals or uses H.G. Wells' time machine to go into the future no way. and H.G. Wells follows him through time to track him what? down <laughs> And it's great. So it's guys, uh, sign me up. Yeah. So it's uh, it's one of those where it's uh, a kind of fish out of water time travel story where uh, people from the past travel to modern day, which at the time was like 1979. Um, so he travels to 1979 New York, uh, and it's incredible just trying to hunt down Jack the Ripper in modern New York. Uh, and it's, oh, guys, it's so much fun. It's so good. Malcolm McDowell is H.G. Wells. Uh, David Warner is Jack the Ripper. Uh, and my girl, Mary Steenburgen, yeah. it plays uh, the love interest of, she's a woman of the modern era <laughs> uh, who meets up with H.G. Wells and helps him out uh, to track down <laughs> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and uh, it, guys, this movie is so good. Amazing. Why haven't why aren't why aren't we all just watching this movie right now? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, guys. Uh, the best part, and I'll just spoil the best part, 
is uh, he talks about a restaurant he goes to, and he's telling yep. Mary Steenburgen about this. He went to the Scottish place, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's great. This movie is so McDonald's. good. McDonald's. <laughs> oh, man, it's Have great. Mac, please. Uh, and it's great because it's like we got the fun fish out of water stuff. Yeah. But then it's also like, Thrilling and kind of scary because we're tracking down Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, who, of course. Solving one of the greatest questions in human history. Exactly. Yeah. Now we know who Jack the Ripper was. It was David Warner. Um, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, but yeah, it's great. And, you know, because Jack the Ripper, he doesn't just show up and stop killing people. He actually shows up and continues to kill people. Yeah. Okay. This is a stretch, guys. And it's yeah. only because I recently listened to a podcast where they talked about uh, this. this they, they covered Zodiac. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is Jack the Ripper and Zodiac the same killer? We never mm. figured out who identity was either way. Maybe it's the same guy. That's true. How maybe do we know? Do we know it's maybe. not? Maybe it is. Maybe he actually did travel through time. Yeah. And maybe that's why the Zodiac stopped. It's because he traveled further. Oh. Traveled somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. yeah. Or, maybe he just went, or maybe he just went back in time. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. So I, I like that pick greatly because um, it... I like it because it utilizes history in a way we haven't really talked about because mm-hmm. I think most of our picks are all very fictionalized even though they're mm-hmm. a lot of, they're based in reality we're not really talking yeah. about real history and you know the thing I'm going to mention here is there's it's really funny for a kind of the, the the notion of time travel I feel like is often associated with the question what if you could go back in time and kill Hitler well you know what we haven't really had any good movies try has there been a movie they actually did that really well I would love to see that in a movie if they actually did it in a clever smart way there's there was a Twilight Zone oh yeah revival in like the early aughts and there was an episode there was where I yeah. believe a woman was sent back to kill. Hitler as a baby. Hitler as a baby. And it didn't work. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the plot exactly. But yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. There was a television show starring James Franco, um, based on the Stephen King novel, uh, 112263, that went into, what if you could stop the assassination of JFK? Yeah. So that was... Not like a home run. I honestly think it could have been a movie and been fine. Like they stretched mm-hmm. it out for a few, for several episodes and it was fun. But uh, and I do recommend it actually. It's yeah. again, it's not it's not great. Not every episode's a winner, but I, I kind of like that because that that is in recent memory one of the um, pieces of fiction I've read that more in a more interesting way explored that question. What if you could go back in actual human history and stop X thing from happening? Yeah, because yeah. um, it's funny because I know we always talk about hypotheticals, but yeah. Twilight Zone, like I, that's that's a really I feel like it's a deep cut. You would think by now we would have had like some big blockbuster movie about it or something. Maybe yeah. it's because it's too too real. I don't know, but yeah. it's um mm. I feel like we always have that conversation. What if I could go back in time and kill Hitler or stop this extremely awful murderous person from doing murderous things like Jack the Ripper, for example? Yeah, interesting. Just yeah. a tangent. I'm just throwing it out there. Like yeah, I don't yeah, feel like yeah. that's a, I don't feel like that's been really realized on yeah. the big screen. Not even sure it should be. Although Nazis are weirdly relevant again in the year 2019, <laughs> 2020. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't remind me. <laughs> okay, this, see, this is yeah. exactly why the movie doesn't get made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, time after time, though, mm-hmm. uh, it was directed by Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer, my dude, who was very known for uh, lots of stuff, but. Yeah. Most prominently, probably Star Trek Two. 
mm-hmm. The Wrath of Khan. He wrote and directed mm. that movie, uh, which is, of course, one of the greatest Star Trek movies and just movies in general of all time. Yeah. It's real good. It's yeah. pretty great. It's pretty Not to be confused with Star Trek in the Darkness. I, I, I sometimes get them confused when you look up the plot. Never heard of it. No. no yeah. yeah. What is that? <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Uh, yes. Wrath of Khan. Um, <laughs> another fun thing about uh, uh, um, Time After Time is I mentioned earlier it stars Mary Steenburgen, yeah. who is, of course, always a delight. Uh, but she, of course, was in another time travel movie called Back to the Future Part 3, hmm. where she, again, plays the love interest of the time traveler. Wow. Uh, which is just which is just funny. I don't yeah. know. It's just interesting that she, she got that role uh, twice. Yeah. Uh, and she knocks it out of the park both times. Should have brought her back for Shifter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you get a type... <laughs> I, I gotta ask, start asking questions about her life partners now. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. I think um, uh, I think that's a, that's a that's a good pick. I love that. I love the, the rare occasion that we really utilize real history with time travel. I think, uh, especially in, in film, I think is is really great. So uh, Zach, thanks for making that recommendation. Time after time, yeah. All right. So my second runner up. So I mentioned I've already kind of talked about your name, and that really. When I, when, I, when I laid out my cards on the table, I said I like two forms of time travel story. One that's like, eh, here are the rules. Don't worry too much about it. Just roll and enjoy the story because uh, if you think too hard about it, it's going to fall apart. The other one I like is when you get really into the, the mechanics of time travel. And uh, oftentimes it produces what's called a mindfuck. Um, I know strong <laughs> language, but that is actually what they call it. Yeah. That is actually a, an it's internet a te- term. Technical, technical term, term yes. Yeah. Yes. In science circles. Yes, yeah, technical term. And uh, so one movie that did this really well that basically no one saw. And again, I am pulling at movies that I want people to see that mm. I think are great uh, is Predestination uh, mm. starring Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook. And it is, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I will say I red boxed that sucker three times in two weeks. <laughs> nice. um, That's a lot of red boxing. I, it's a lot, you know, back when red box was like the, the, yeah. the easiest way to get, get movies like newer releases before Netflix and or streaming services everywhere. Uh, Cause I think, Oh, I didn't even check the year. I want to say this is like 2014, 2015, somewhere in that ballpark. Hmm. It, uh, so long story short, you, you're, you're basically following the two characters, Sarah Snook and Ethan Hawk around and they keep running into each other. Um, she's trying to like stop this assassination again thing. She's trying to stop this big killer guy. Honestly, there's a lot of not too much overlap, but there is some similarities between Looper and um, predestination in the uh, sense that she's trying to stop this really bad thing from happening, right? Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, her and Ethan Hawke keep crossing paths. There's a couple other characters that show up. A lot of character actors. I can't remember their names on time, but like they're like faces. If you're watcher of HBO like myself, you're like, oh, it's that guy and that guy and that woman. Yeah. Um, the thing I really like about this is, yes, several mind fucks. It really gets into, they don't like sit around explaining time travel, but they do a number of things, kind of like you mentioned with time crimes earlier, like where you'll see things happen. You're like, what was that about? Yeah. And then later you'll see, and it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense at all. But when you see it later, it's still strange, but you're like, I get why this person's doing this thing. And it it ends in a uh, again really gets into the paradoxical nature of like when you really try to get into the intricacies of like what time travel means and what the implications are. Um, so yes, it definitely ends with a twist. I'll just say that, and a really interesting twist. Uh, again, I may I just want people to check it out. 
it's an interesting sci-fi film. You will be laying, if you're like me, you'll be laying in bed thinking through like trying to connect all the dots because there's so many dots to connect. There's like lots of little things. There's characters who show up and you don't really like they have, they serve a very specific function and you're like, are they time travelers or do they, is this just coincidence, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of that. There is time travel involved. There's no doubt about it. But there's a number of things going on where you're you're not totally sure. They leave a lot and a lot of like those happenstance, circumstantial things, sort of ambiguous, so that you're left to kind of really wrestle. Again, I wouldn't even say if it's like with the philosophical notions or anything. It's more about like just trying to connect the logic dots in a really fun way. And I do think there is a thing in there too about um, the acceptance of self and. Um, like learning how to accept you for who you are, flaws and all, uh, and how not doing that can oftentimes be destructive. So, yeah. nice. That yeah. Good. And this is great because I have not seen that movie. Yeah. So now I know to check it out. Check it out. I'm not yeah. saying it's great. I'm yeah. not saying it's great, but I think you'll be curious and I think you'll be thinking about it and you'll want to talk about it with somebody. When you're so done. you're saying it's great. I thought it was great. Great. Perfect. It's not good, but it's great. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. All right. So we have reached the point in the show where we have gone, each gone over our runner ups. Now, uh, now's the point we're really going to make the case here. Greatest time travel movie ever made. Yikes. This is a big one. All right. No sweat. Now we've already, we've already rolled back the feature out because it's just, you know, to be fair, it probably is the greatest time travel movie. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's just be honest. It, <laughs> it's it in that conversation. Really is. Yeah. Well, the other the greatest time travel movie other than Shifter, of course, which no uh, one has well, seen yet. Well, yeah, but yeah. once they see it, they may agree. It's the greatest time travel film ever. Available video on demand uh, August 4th. August 6th. August. Uh, it could be the greatest time travel movie no one's ever seen that is available video on demand on August 6th. So I don't know. I don't know. Listeners will have to, know. to, to check out say. the movie to yeah. find out. We'll have yeah. to time travel to August 6th. Yeah, to know. Mm. You gotta be careful with that though, because sometimes when you time travel, especially Marty McFly style, things get a lot worse when you go to the future. So you gotta you gotta be careful. Uh, Jacob, what is your pick? Greatest time travel film ever made? Ever made? <sighs> no pressure. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, it's 12 monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> monkeys. Uh, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. 12 monkeys, uh, the Terry Gilliam film from the mid 90s. Not sure exactly what that day. Yeah. Oh, it's another Bruce Willis film. 95. Oh, look at that. Interesting. You got, really, a theme. He's, you got a theme going. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard. Take all the Bruce. Bruce Willis is in a lot of good time travel stuff, guys. Apparently. Apparently yeah. Yeah. It's his thing. Uh, yeah. 12 monkeys. I'm not even sure how to describe what this movie is or what it's about. Essentially, uh, Bruce Willis is, he's a prisoner in the future, correct? Yes. And we believe he's a prisoner in the future. He is a person from the future. (laughs) He's an Uh, unreliable narrator. Yeah, exactly. It, Guys, this movie changes what it is like 30 times. It's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Like every scene. Um, But he is sent back in time to... um, they basically have this program of sending these prisoners back to try to stop or figure out. Basically, there was this big uh, virus or something that oh wiped God. out. Oh yeah. God. Hey, yeah. Right? Stop. Yeah, yeah, suddenly, it's really relevant. They, they send people back in time to try to identify the source of a global pandemic. Yes. Okay. Basically, yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
No, it's Interesting. Start, starting to feel very real all of a sudden. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that until this exact moment. Yeah, me either. Uh, okay, cool. Right on. Right on. Let's keep talking. Yeah. Just to, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, they're trying to find the source of this great pandemic that wiped out a large portion of humanity. And uh, many of them fail. Uh, but, uh, oh, man. How do you describe this movie? <laughs> I I don't I literally don't like, know how to describe it beyond that. It th- that's that's the setup. Yeah, and but it, that's it, really like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much more. So much more happens, and um, it's just one of those films that it really, um, it just does a great job. It pulls all the time travel tropes that you know, and just performs them so. It just the execution is just so perfect, and there's surprises there's things there's uh so many like twists and turns um amazing performance by brad pitt oh uh, <laughs> incredible rising performance like, yeah it, it is i mean brad pitt we all i mean finally just won an oscar once yeah, upon a yeah, time yeah. in hollywood this is i think if not his best performance at least top three yeah he's amazing oh, in this yeah role. yeah he's incredible. It's, it's totally so unhinged yeah, yeah. And, and definitely not your typical brad pitt role like he's well, this was yeah, at this point in time this was going great like way against type yeah i no, think yeah. he's i mean we've seen him do more stuff yeah like, yeah, yeah. Since, but at yeah. the time especially we're talking this is not too long after interview with the vampire yeah. you know he was somewhat of a heartthrob ish type yeah. and then he goes into this <laughs> It's unstable. He, he is not a heartthrob. In <laughs> <No. Monkeys. laughs> oh my god, no! Uh, but uh, man, yeah, it's just one of those that, that it, watching it the first time, I was just like completely just entranced with it, and uh, it's just a gorgeous movie, very stylish, very bonkers, um, and the ending is is one of those that like I didn't see it coming. But as soon as it happened, I was like, of course. Yeah, of course that's how it ends. Of course that's how it ends. It all feels Um, like it it feels so perfect. Yeah. When you get there. Yeah, it's just so great. Well, and here's the thing I like about uh, a 12 Monkeys, Jacob. And listen, I I think my time travel film is the superior film to yours. And we'll get to it here in a minute. But here's the thing I love about 12 Monkeys, because I do agree. It is one of the greatest time travel films ever made. Hands down, bar none. I love how it has the tropes. I love how one of the tropes, for example, being... Uh, that the the time travel science is not exact and it's unstable. Yeah. So what that allows them to do is have a little bit of fun where like they're like, all right, uh, Cole, Bruce Willis, we're going to send you back to 1994 and they miss it by like six months. So he gets there like six months early. The people aren't where they need to be at. And he's like literally, he looks like a lunatic, which yeah. sets the premise of the movie because he's like, oh. well, it, it, it's pretty brilliant because it, yeah. it sets that he, he, he overshoots it and he's in the wrong time, and he doesn't meet the right people. He doesn't. He can't even call the right phone numbers, and everyone thinks he's crazy. So he gets locked up. I guess I'm spoiling a little bit, but he gets locked up, and it just kind of frames the whole movie as: Is this guy? Is this guy? Did he actually time travel, yeah. or yeah. is he crazy? Yeah. And the entire time, you never know. He is very unreliable narrator. And here's the thing: you rewatch it, you might like the next time you watch it, you might be yeah. like, No, no, he's actually just crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but also, it's just as likely that without saying any specifics, the things that happen actually happen. And it's yeah. really not totally clear. Yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they like, they plant just enough both ways. Um, and there's certain things that you're like on both sides of it. You're like, yeah. well, th- clearly he is a crazy person or yeah. clearly, I mean, this thing happened. That this is not, it's not a coincidence, right? Time travel. Yeah. There's also a lot of nice nods to Hitchcock, uh, in that film mm-hmm. that I, that I like quite a bit. Yeah. And, um, I also just got Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> 
There's also just a lot of like red herrings. Like they set up oh, yeah. things that you think are going to be the big important thing. Oh yeah. And it just totally, th- they'll spend a not. lot of time on that. And then all of a sudden the, there'll be this huge twist in the, in the plot or uh, in the characters or anything. And it, ugh, guys, guys, it's so good. It's really good. <laughs> so it's a good twisty turvy movie. I won't say anything about the plot. What I will say, another thing I really like about that film is how it uses the theme of context and mm. relativity. Yeah. I know that's a common theme I've mentioned like five or six times, but yeah. the way it does it, and they utilize it through the means of the movies. There's a point in the film where they're watching a movie, and um, Bruce Willis says, the movie always stays the same, but every time I watch it, it's different. Not because the movie changes, but because I change. Mm. And I think it puts into perspective both his character arc, but also you mentioned how there's a lot of red herrings, how a lot of times we don't have the full context for the thing we're looking at, you know, and how the things that we look at, you know, either forward looking or or, or in the rear view mirror, if we don't have all the information really, you know, we kind of like project meaning onto these things. Right. And so through the means of time travel, he's able to explore that theme both internally uh, from with himself, but also externally in the story. It's like, well, here's the things I got to do. This is how this is going to go down. And as he looks into it, it's like, Wow, well, I thought this was important. It didn't matter. But this thing I discovered while I was along the way is actually super important. You know, there's like lots of things yeah. like that. So yeah. I think there's, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool themes rolling in there too. So it's a very rich layered. It's another one of those two I think you can probably watch like, what, four or five times oh, before yeah. you finally feel like you're you're in a good spot yeah, on it. You it know? just gets yeah. better every time. Yeah. So good. 12 Monkeys, ladies and gentlemen, check that out. Highly recommend. Zachary, is your film better than 12 Monkeys? Obviously. Well, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, okay. My pick is a very me pick, but you're all just going to have to deal with it. So I have chosen Star Trek The Voyage Home, otherwise known as The One with the Whales. Yeah. <laughs> the One with the Whales, and there's time travel in the same one with the whales? Yes. Because they have to time travel back in time to get the whales. To save the All whales. right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's literally yeah. a save the whales yeah, movie. Okay. I, I love it. Okay. Okay. Elaborate for more. Tell me more. Okay. So. Uh, Buckle up, guys. Yeah. Uh, basically, in uh, the movie opens and there's this weird alien cylinder, basically. Yeah. Making its way through the solar system towards Earth, uh, causing all kinds of havoc. Um and we're like, what are you, what are you doing, Cylinder? Um, and basically, it reaches Earth. It's causing all kinds of chaos, mostly like with weather and things like that. Uh, and everybody on Earth is like, whoa, what's going on? This is not great. I don't like it. Uh, and then they finally discover that it's like transmitting this weird sound uh, that no one can figure out what it is. Uh, and suddenly, I think it's Spock is like, what does the sound sound like underwater. Mm. Uh, and so they do some fancy calculation stuff and throw, throw some filters on it uh, and listen to it, what it would sound like underwater. And it's like, Oh, this sounds like whales. Mm. This sounds specifically like humpback whales. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, and good then thing there's a lot of them around. That's the issue is in this point in the star Trek universe in the future, uh, there are no more humpback whales. No, no. Yeah. They're you gone. Mean they got, we humans, uh, in the past, uh, hunted them out of extinction oh, or into awful. extinction. I uh, can't believe that happened. 
Right. Yeah. Can you believe it? Like us killing something like that. Um, <laughs> um, and so uh, basically it's uh, figured out that in order to uh, get some whales to answer the call of this weird alien cylinder, they have to go back in time, pick some up and bring them back to the future with them. I'm sure that's really easy though. Super easy. Uh, just an in and out job. Yeah. Um, Actually, no, it's pretty difficult. Huh. Back whales are pretty big, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's actually kind of a, a hard thing to do to transport them uh, hundreds of years into the future. Hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, good old Kirk and, and his crew, they, they actually do figure it out. Um, and But they have to, of course, first time travel back to what was at the time modern day uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, which would have been like the mid eighties. Um, uh, so yeah, they travel back in time and the way they do it, they pretty much just kind of gloss over it. Like, Oh, time travel. That's really easy. Yeah. They basically, I think they just fly really fast around the sun and boom, they're in the 1980s. That's how I usually do it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, I mean, I think it's a pretty accepted, uh, I'm really glad form of time th- travel. Th- this film was very committed to being realistic with the time travel. Absolutely. Like yeah. the fact that it's hard to move a whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they could have just been lazy and said, we just built a time machine, move the whale. Right, yeah. So, I mean, they actually, they fly their, uh, it's kind of a complicated story, but they're actually in a Klingon bird of prey. They're not in the Enterprise. It's Yeah. There's some uh, previous stuff in the, the previous movies that uh, messed that up for them. Uh, so there's some kind of extra context that you kind of need to see the other movies for. Uh, but, I mean, not a lot. Yeah, you, you just get it. They're in a Klingon ship. Okay, cool. We're go- we're on board. We're on board. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they uh, uh, time traveled their way back to uh, 1980s uh, San Francisco, and are on the lookout for uh, a couple humpback whales. Uh, ideally, uh, a male and a female. So then maybe they can repopulate humpback whales in the future. Huh. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the main basic premise of this adventure. Uh, but what's so fun about it, uh, not just as a time travel movie, but as and not just as a Star Trek movie, but just as a movie in general, is it's actually just a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, like especially for, uh, you know, a big Star Trek action movie, there's actually no action in it. Um, like there's action, but more like in the fun way. Yeah. Like. Pretty much at no point in this entire movie is anybody's life in immediate danger. Uh, I don't think any of the characters even pick up a phaser throughout the entire movie. <laughs> uh, and, and certainly one is never fired in the entire movie, yeah. which I don't think you can say that about any other Star Trek movie. Yeah. Uh, and hardly even any Star Trek episodes, um, which just makes this, it really makes this movie stick out to, from the Star Trek franchise, but also just movie movies in general is that it just it's a time travel but it's way more focused on just kind of the fun adventure of it yeah um and obviously it has a very nice message of we gotta like uh uh you know we can't just dick around and kill kill all kill all the whales (laughs) and destroy our natural habitats it's almost like the the message was what if instead of like destroying stuff we use the same amount of energy to save stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. It uh, can actually accomplish a lot of really cool stuff, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like saving whales. Um, so that's why the movie is super great and a lot of fun. Uh, and another fun fact, uh, 
about my picks, I have my own theme, I guess, is this movie was written by Nicholas Meyer. Ah. He did not direct it because Leonard Nimoy himself directed it. Oh. Uh, and he knocked it out of the park, let me tell you. Yeah, good for him. Um, but yeah, and I guess another thing, I guess I have another theme is they're both time after time and uh, Star Trek The Voyage Home, they're both... Uh, <laughs> they're both they both take place of people time traveling to what was at the time modern day yeah, yeah, yeah. but just from different directions so <laughs> time after time comes from the past up to present day and uh star trek voyage home comes from yeah. the future to present day fish uh, out of water stories yeah they're definitely. both fish out of water fish stories out of sure. water adventure stories yes yeah. Zach, exactly i've got your number apparently that's yeah, my thing that's yeah that's thing. yeah that's my thing with time travel movies yeah. i guess yeah, the movie rules, and it's great. I, I always thought it did such a great job at making sure that core cast, all of them, had something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, while Kirk and Spock are more focused on the whales themselves, the other members of the team are trying to figure out. Well, wait, where are we going to put these whales? Yeah, like like, <laughs> like you were mentioning earlier, Caleb, like on how to actually transport these whales. Yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, Scotty and and good old Bones McCoy are. Uh, on that task, trying to figure out how do we get, how do we convert a, a space in this Klingon bird of prey to carry two fully grown humpback <laughs> whales, uh, plus all the water that they have to sit in, uh, and all that good stuff. And then uh, Uhura and Sulu and um, uh, Chekhov. Chekhov, thank you. Uh, they are off on a thing. There's a technical aspect that they need to actually get. They like burned up a lot of power on the time travel yeah. trip there. So they're on a, on a trip to get, um, uh, enough energy to make the trip forward again. Yeah. Uh, and that's where actually some of the, some of the trouble happens, like mm-hmm. cause they need some nuclear power, uh, which of course in the 1980s and even today, it's not something you can just walk up on the street and buy at the gas station. So they have to like sneak onto a Navy vessel and like, <laughs> there's some, there's some trouble that happens there. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a great movie and a perfect Star Trek movie. Yeah, it's so great. I love when Scotty's trying to talk to the computers because <laughs> he's so used to it. On the, in the future, you just talk to the computer and tell it to do things. But in 1980s yeah. San Francisco, that's not how you get a computer to do something. <laughs> there was no Siri yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> it's so adorable. He just walks up to a computer. And he's like, uh, "Computer." <laughs> computer and of course it doesn't <laughs> respond and then uh bones is with him and he picks up the mouse the computer mouse and hands it to him like ah this is the trick uh and of course we're thinking oh he's gonna like use the manual yeah, use mouse the, the mouse, way you're yeah. supposed to but then he actually just like talks into the mouse <laughs> as if it's an intercom uh and he goes hello computer <laughs> uh it's it's such a great and silly joke but i uh, love it yeah the movie is so much fun it's Perfect. It's a joy. I think we could all use a little bit of that in the yeah. year 2020. No joke. Absolutely. You know? uh, and I like how it's uh, uh, about humans overcoming problems rather yes. than destroying things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we could all use some of that this year and uh, highly recommend that as well. Hell yeah. Best time travel movie, Zach. I mean, I'm not going to give it too much flack here because, you know, we all got our taste, but <laughs> better than 12 Monkeys. <laughs> Better than my pick for greatest time travel film of all time? No. All right, bud. Uh-oh. What's your pick then? All right. All right. So I thought very carefully about this one. So 
here's what I here's here's kind of where I come down on this, and I'm totally gonna about to majorly spoil a movie I love. So um, if you don't want the movie Arrival spoiled for you, just acknowledging it actually <laughs> spoils it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so a, a, a film that I love came out in 2016. That is uh, from writer sorry director uh, Denny. Did he write the script for this? I don't know. No, no, he did no, not. He, he did not. No. No, so. Eric. It was uh, Eric. Such an age. Yeah. It's Rebel Call. Yes, that's right. I'm gonna cut that too. Yep. Uh, director uh, Denis Villeneuve, who is one of my favorite directors working today, uh, hands down. He also did Blade Runner 2049. Um, he also did Sicario. He also did Prisoners. Uh, he also did Enemy. Yeah. Like every Hobbit. <laughs> Talk about mindfuck from earlier. Yeah. Enemy, no yeah. Um, He's about to do Dune. He is about to do Dune. Two if- movies. Are they guaranteed for two movies? I think it's a part one or a part two. That's what I I've heard. So, yeah. Oh, guys, I'm. This is another podcast. <laughs> in no way, we will talk about Dune when we finally get to see it in 2025. We will talk yeah. about oh, this. Yeah. I'm very. I'm so excited for Dune, but I don't. I'm not confident that movie is going to make a lot of money. But I sure hope it does because oh, Dune is yeah. so good. Well, yeah. it's if people so good. are so starved for movies by the time it comes out, yeah, maybe that'll that help. That might work in its favor. <laughs> So, Denny Villeneuve, though, he's a director. He did uh, a film called Arrival in 2016. And what I love about this is uh, stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. This is a, a film, basically, these alien craft just show up. And humans don't know what to make of it. So, uh, naturally, <laughs> going kind of tying into what we were talking about the last, <laughs> uh, the theme of the last movie, like problem solving versus blowing things up. Uh, of course, <laughs> basically, uh, Amy Adams, the scientist, is that she's supposed to be speaking, f- communicating with these alien creatures, and uh, basically holding military at bay because they're like all these different militaries around the world. They're like, we have got these things surrounded with tanks and shit. We're gonna blow these guys up if they do anything that appears to be threatening. Where Amy Adams is basically trying to stop that from happening because she's like, well, there's a lot of things we don't know. Maybe there's more of them. They don't seem to be wanting to attack us. There's maybe there's a lot we can learn. You know, typical kind of alien movie tropes. Much like many of the movies we've talked about on our greatest films, uh, time travel films of all time, is none of these are just really just just time travel. A time travel adventure, even with uh, the Star Trek film. So mm-hmm. I I think this is really an alien invasion movie. That's not really an alien invasion movie. The spoiler is like you don't find out until a little way at the very end that it's actually a time travel <laughs> movie. Uh, and uh, essentially, Amy Adams like uh, has received this message from the future. It's that she she learns she learns how to interpret the aliens from the future, so she's able to pass a message to her. someone in the future. Gives her a very important <laughs> message. Okay, I'm gonna back up here. The aliens give her consciousness the ability to shift through time, and because of this, an important person in the future delivers a mess a really uh, the, like the, the key word, the key message. That kept that like stopped the the militaries from blowing up the alien crafts. She's her consciousness shifts around, so she's able to receive the message and then take it back to the present. Now that's kind of like on the surface read, right? And I think obviously that that's a I think the message that she receives is very emotionally powerful. But I think I actually find even more powerful about this particular film is. She ba- there's like these like flashes we see throughout the movie and we really learn that it was actually things that were going to happen in the future, not the past. 
Like you, you kind of like the, the way they, they set it up, it feels like they're flashbacks yeah. uh, to yeah. things that already happened. Like she'd had a, a broken relationship and a child had died, all this stuff. Well, you find out that actually happens after the, like it happens in between when she, she shifted uh, her consciousness and time. And what I found like just, I, I mean, really got to me is that she knows the pain that she is going to suffer in the years ahead of her. But she decides not to deviate or attempt to deviate because the thing is all of the moments of love and beauty that she also experiences outweigh the sadness that she'll experience. And I just found that to be like one of the most raw, the most raw uh, human emotions I've ever seen uh, used via the means of time travel in a lot of ways. Again, mm-hmm. playing with relativity. We think we're looking at a flashback. It's actually you're like, oh my gosh tragic backstory. Oh no, this is going to happen. And now she knows it's going to happen, but she just does it anyway. And there's something I think that kind of really highlights just the bittersweet nature of life, uh, that even the most beautiful things in life come at a cost at times of painful moments. And none, not a single person can predict what will happen to any one of us. And you know, when those moments of sadness will occur or how they'll occur, but they will occur but it's just part of the human experience and it's a part of the human experience that we share together. Cause that's another big theme of the movie is that humans really have to, to, to bond together to overcome like a self-destruct, like the self-destroying ourselves. You know, just, just, they have to come together to keep ourselves from destroying ourselves. Right. And she's able to bring about like this kind of see, appears to be like world peace, almost sort of vibe thing. Um, or at least at the, at the time. So, um, there is that really individual, uh, the bittersweet nature of life on an individual level, but also on a, on a grander scale. Like, um, she still falls in love with someone that she knows she's going to fall out of love with. Um, but she wants to share that experience with him. She has a child that she knows she may lose. She wants to experience that. Right. So, uh, wow. Spoiled the heck out of that movie, <laughs> yeah. but I just, please go watch, go watch rival. It is one of the best films of the, last decade yeah, uh, and I think it absolutely. got a lot of love I think it got a lot of uh, positive critical reception I think everyone who's seen it generally likes it but it is just one of those I think um, I will always remember and cherish and, and go back to and um, I you know and I, I will say this also came out I saw this for the first time right before the the 2016 election and um, saw it I watched it I think about three days after the election um, and you know it it really again just highlights the fragility and kind of the, the bittersweet nature uh, of life. And something about it was also oddly comforting because you just helps you accept that this is a part of the experience. And with every awful thing that happens, there are also beautiful things on the horizon. And all of that is made possible through time travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is. Yeah. yeah. So, oh <laughs> uh, man, hope that wasn't too crazy of a rant for you guys. Hope there's no tissues in uh, you can you can put that in your pocket, Zach. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's take this home on a lighter note though. So I also wanted uh us to all pick out some of our favorite bad time travel movies, <laughs> and what I'm not saying we're not here to dogpile no. on the movies. No. You know, I think there's a lot there's a lot of negativity. Well, just in the world right now, yeah. but on the internet especially. So let's be fair. Let's let's play fun. What are the like the movies that are bad? And when I say what I mean bad is they could either be bad movies that are really smart with how they deploy time travel, 
or they could be good movies that the time travel doesn't actually make any sense, not even at face value, or or the movie blatantly um, blatantly disrespects and disregards rules it's set up earlier in the film. So those are a couple of examples, and, and I'll actually kick us off. Uh, so we've mentioned H.G. Wells earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a big fan of that novel. H.G. Wells, the time, mm-hmm. uh, the time Machine. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of the, the the Time Machine from, what, the 1960s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and I am also a fan of the time travel movie from the early aughts. I think it was like either 2001, 2002, starring Guy Pierce. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Time Machine. My boy. Uh, firstly, again, Guy Pierce, just a talent I love to see at any point. And... Uh, Guys, this movie's really terrible. It's, it's so it's bad. Great. It's ah. it's awful. I just watched this with my girlfriend sometime in the last year. A nebulous point feels like ten years ago at this point. But yeah. we watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is a truly bad." Like, there's this there's a scene where they get mugged in the park, and I was like, "What is going on?" The guy's dialogue is awkward. He doesn't look menacing. It, it, the whole thing's just like really awkward. It's like they all knew they were in a movie for a second. I don't know. Just and again. Guy Pierce, great actor, but I don't know. It just it looks cheap. Uh, when they get to the future, it looks like there's a lot of really cheap effects uh, there. But you want to know why I pick this movie as my kind of favorite bad time travel movie, and it's because there are three or four moments in this movie that I will just I just won't forget. I just can't forget. Like they're just like, wow, that's a really cool image or a cool way to use time travel. There's a scene in particular. So the way they, they the whole time travel is done, it's like the time machine doesn't actually move. It just it's very stationary. And Guy Pierce goes and sits on it. He turns it on and he can speed it up, slow it down. And so he's kind of going at like a cruising speed for a while, where he can kind of think, see things are changing. So you as the audience are able to also see. So like for example. Uh, they do a fun thing with um, women's clothing. Like he's able to, to see like the, the store's shop windows and like to see mm-hmm. how the women's fashion changes yeah. and the, the, the skirts get shorter and shorter and you're like, okay, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> um, but then like, there's a few times he like he's like, oh, this looks kind of crazy. I'm going to slow down and check it out, which is always a bad idea. <laughs> um, but there's one point where I think they it's the moon landing. They're like, oh my, he slows down and he talks to people like, oh my gosh, we landed on the moon. It's so cool. Uh, and you're like, oh, that's kind of a neat little moment. And they're like, we're going to build colonies on the moon. It's going to be awesome. And then he uh, jumps ahead. And it's I don't, the thing is, I can't remember exactly what the year count is, but it's a few hundred years ahead. You see that they not only colonized the moon, but they dug too deep, and the moon is now cracked in half, <laughs> and moon rocks are crashing into cities, wiping out civilization. Uh, and you're like, well, that didn't turn out so well, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's those are a couple of examples of just like ways I – like the way the imagery around the specifics of time travel, I was like, this is great. Yeah. Uh, the second half of this film where he actually lands on a, a, a destination in the, the distant future is kind of really awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they actually swap directors uh, midway through production on this film, which is always a good sign. Always. And there's characters that weren't in the novel, which is not a deal breaker for me by any means, but they, they try to like the kind of the creatures, the, they, they they try to turn them into a hive mind. Anyway, it, it's not very good. Um, Guy Pierce time time machine. I think it was two thousand one, two thousand two. If you're looking for something to turn on, just to have on the background, or if you're morbidly curious, I say watch it. It's a fun time. It is a fun That's all fun you need, time, man. That is all you need. Uh, Jacob, what is your favorite bad time travel film? Um, I'm gonna say 
Austin Powers, the spy check. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I um, won ninety billion dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie. I I probably prefer the first Austin Powers movie, but it's maybe not time travelly enough. I guess he goes forward in time, but it's kind of that question we were asking earlier. Yeah, just because he's frozen, does that count? Does that count? Uh, but either way, yeah. Spider Shack is also great. Um, it's a hoot. It is, yeah. It's a hoot. It, you know, there's time travel. They travel back in time. Uh, we see Doctor Evil and the younger versions <laughs> of his, <laughs> with a with Rob Lowe is number two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who is number two working for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, guys, it's just goofy. It's just so much fun, <laughs> and like goofy. just the whole like overly stylized. Like I love James Bond movies. So oh, yeah. anything that lovingly uh, plays with the uh, the tropes of the James Bond movies and then really plays up the 60s and it's just, a yeah. Uh, I don't know, guys. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the Austin Powers movies, I haven't seen them in a while and I, I had never re- really seriously thought about rewatching them. But you know what? I've got some fond memories. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of iconic jokes from Austin Powers movies. Now they haven't yeah. really been iconic in a while, but at the time, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's just so many memorable jokes. The I, my favorite was always like the, uh, you know, well, there's a couple. The, the one being like where they 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 place the items in front of you know the body parts thing, <laughs> yeah. and they're always really clever with it. Yeah. That's always fantastic. I mean, that was yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I also liked the gag where they would always they would never say you know. Like like boobs or whatever they would they would come up with the oh yeah, oh, yeah the, like uh, it was, it was penis yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they say peanuts get yeah. your peanuts yeah. oh yeah. wow well, that's <laughs> quite Johnson. a wiener you want to yeah. eat this nice fancy hot dog wiener you know like they, yeah. they, they work yeah. it, I always thought those were those were two of my favorite kind of gags uh, from those movies and it worked really well for I think all three of them if I recall correctly so interesting pick good yeah pick. yeah and of course you know you got mini me. <laughs> introduced in the second yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's okay to just have fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah, fun's good. <laughs> fun's good. Absolutely. Zach, on that note, bring us home. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really plan to answer this question, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming up with something off the top of my head. Uh, so I'm actually going to roll it back to, you remember that Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie we were just talking about? <laughs> that ending. I still, I still don't, I've spent a great amount of time thinking about that ending yeah. and it, it still doesn't make, it make makes, sense. It, it makes, makes no, no sense. sense. So like, yeah. So have you guys read the book at all? The original Planet of the Apes book? No, no. I haven't read the book. So it's interesting because the ending of the Tim Burton one is closer to the book yeah. than the original movie. Um, Fascinating. But the major difference, and I think this is the thing that throws people off, is there's not the giant statue of... it Because it's not just an ape Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. It's specifically yeah. the the bad guy that he had been fighting on right. in uh, the other planet. Yeah. So in the book, sorry to spoil it, but it's basically the same thing. He lands, he escapes the planet or whatever mm-hmm. and lands on this new planet and thinks he's, he's like, he basically gets out of a spaceship and he's like, Oh my God, you guys are not going to believe what I, what just happened to me. Yeah. And as the people get closer, he realizes they're also apes. Yeah. That's funny. That's hilarious. There's no escape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, 
But yeah, it's interesting. That is fascinating. Yeah. But yes, it makes no sense. But yeah, it makes absolutely no sense, especially in the context of the movie. Uh, and it being the Tim Roth ape that he just spent the entire movie fighting. Yeah. Uh, like how, how is he now that ape Abe Lincoln? <laughs> well, <laughs> and then of course in Planet of the Apes, the original movie, like he doesn't get on a ship and fly away. He's yeah. Like he's on the same planet and he yeah. just discovers that happens yeah. to be earth versus the Tim Burton one where he, you literally see him get in a spaceship and fly away, fly away to yeah. earth. And it's, I mean, I guess I understand there's like a time vortex thing in jig, mm-hmm. but did he travel so far? I did okay. It, he would travel so far in the future that apes have taken over and evolved to be at the point of humans. That I totally get. The point I don't get is how it's like exactly the Washington Memorial <laughs> with like yeah. all the monuments are the same, except there's apes. I'm like, they evolved the exact same way. Which I guess if you're looking at multiverse, which is something we haven't even talked about on this show, mm. which is a whole other thing. That theoretically true. in the multiverse, that could happen. But that's yeah. They did, I don't know. That's just not really set up in that movie at all. Yeah. It's one of those things that I think visually it's like, Oh wait, Holy crap. Like yeah. it's, we're in modern day, but everybody's an ape and the Lincoln Memorial is now yeah. an ape. Like yeah. visually that's like really cool idea. Yeah. But it's also like just in the context of the movie, like where does this come from? Yeah. I think they were like, I'm sure when they like sat down to write that movie, they're like, we've got to come up with something crazier than the original. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I, I do not envy do? them trying to yeah. remake Planet of the Apes, yeah. like uh, an iconic, perfect movie. Yeah. Like, well, I think that's what makes like the new trilogy so good too, is they basically mm-hmm. purposely uh, didn't do that. They didn't try to top yeah. those movies. They just tried to make their own new thing. Yeah. That, you know, kind of works within those, but is also just very much it's, it's own. Yeah. Series. But yeah, uh, just yeah, it's crazy. It yeah. is. It's it, it, really, crazy. it really came. <laughs> yeah. it, I think it really comes down to the first time you you probably saw it. It was highly effective. But like you're walking out of the theater, you're getting in your car, and you're like, "Man, what a ninny! That was crazy!" And then you drink up. You're, you're so you're driving, <laughs> and you're you're thinking about it, and you're like, "Wait, huh, wait, how did this? This doesn't no, work." Wait, no, oh, wait, wait, sense. wait. And then you're laying in bed, and you're like, "Now, now I'm thinking more about how it doesn't work. And I'm frustrated." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, "You know what? I don't know if this was a great movie or not." <laughs> yeah. But in the moment, the visceral vibes you got from that, I'm sure, if you'd seen that in the theater, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, just did, I did like, see it in the theater, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just goes to, like, the difference. Like, you can't just throw a twist in there just to be a twist. Yeah. Like, it's got to make sense. It's why got the, to make some kind that's of That's why sense. the original ending of the, the original one yeah. is so great because it is a, a shock. Yeah. But it's so set up throughout the whole movie. Absolutely. That it's it's one of those things, like, it's a shock, but also when you step back, you go, well, of course. Yeah, like, there's no other way it could have ended. Yeah. Uh, because that's what the movie was setting up the whole time. You just yeah. didn't know you were being set up for that. Yeah. Uh, which is what makes rewatching the original great because then you're like, they're setting it up right in front of me. Yeah. You know, you can, you can track that a lot more in like the things you see and the things the characters say. Yeah. I think that's something we didn't really talk about so much with time travel movies. It's just like how rewatchable they are. Oh, oh like, yeah. Like I said, even, even the yeah. bad ones are kind of fun to watch again just to see how they set up something or yeah. didn't set up something. And like, I th- maybe that's part of the attraction of them is that like, they truly are movies if they're done well, um, that 
you're going to get something new every time you watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Time travel movies, again, when implemented effectively and implemented well, I think, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Really reward um, rewatches. Yeah. Unless they're three hours long, like Avengers Endgame. You still watch it over and over again, but in bite-sized <laughs> chunks. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks so much for tuning into that element. We are going to do, a, I think, a quickly talk about maybe a few runner-ups that didn't quite make our cuts. So Avengers Endgame, throwing that in there. Uh, yeah. That's recent. I love how it actually pokes fun at all the time travel. And yeah. in fact, mm-hmm. uh, I still think my favorite lines in the movie uh, from, uh, I think it's Paul Rudd, says, wait. Are you seeing Back to the Future is all bullshit? Paul <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Rudd in that movie is a gem. Time um, I think you know. Just uh, we don't. I'm sure we want to move on quickly. But the w- what I liked about Endgame was that we all went into it assuming it was going to have to do with time travel. Mm-hmm. But I think we all assumed they were going to go in back in time to stop what had happened. And yeah. I did really love. I thought they were really clever in making it more of the heist movie, mm-hmm. uh, a time heist if you will, um, and uh, how it wasn't about going back and preventing this thing that was happened. It was more of this thing happened and it's not fixable, uh, yeah. but we can at least like... You can make it right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, so I and thought that, that was really clever. Yeah. That, can I use my words carefully, is not too far off from the 12 Monkeys. Yeah. In yeah. a lot of ways. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the time of highest element, but the idea yeah. that, um, and I think this is actually how a lot of movies... So 12 Monkeys is an example. Avengers Endgame is an example. But like when you think about the string theory, again, I'm not going to go too far in the weeds, but like the ones yeah. where you live in those realities where whatever happened, happened. I think a lot of times that's what the characters figure out. They're like, I'm going to try to fix this thing. I'm going to go back and stop this thing. And they figure out I can't. Like it, for whatever reason, whether it's science, whether it's magic, whether it's like their own character flaws, I can't do this thing. But what I can do is make the future I came from better by taking this information or taking this uh, plot device or taking X, Y, Z from the past, yeah. you know, which again, I think really is a, a really good um, lesson about like, Hey, you know, as much as sometimes we might wish we could go back and do this day over again or do this year over again. <laughs> like at the end of the day, the things that happen in, in our real world and our real lives, they happen. The best way is to look back and learn from your mistakes. Take those, what you learn and apply it to the future to make for a better tomorrow. Let's do that. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, sorry. I just, I'm all about the optimism and problem solving time yeah. travel, which also plays into the Star Trek time yeah. travel as well. So, uh, yeah, great nod on uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Jacob. Uh, of course, uh, I'm going to mention another one of uh, my favorite superhero time travel films, which is X-Men Days of Future Past. I know that the, the director is somewhat controversial right now, but you know what? I still really like the X-Men movies, most of them. Um, mm-hmm. I like them because they are a lot different than the other MCU movies. And yeah. I think um, the thing I like about Days of Future Past, without getting too in the weeds, is... There's not really a bad... If you go back and watch that, there's really not an actual bad guy. There is mm-hmm. Bolivar Trask, who is building these robots that will kill the, the mutants. So, obviously, he's a, a bigot, and they're trying to stop him from completing his plan. But really, like, the thing is, like, Magneto and Mystique are just as much the villain as Bolivar Trask is. Like, for, mm-hmm. by, for, for, like because based off of how the time travel works in that movie, like, them committing this act to stop this whole person from doing this thing really escalates 
the mm-hmm. horror. And at the end of the day, the thing that they're trying to fight, like, like the, the sentinels that represent kind of this like tour de force extinction for, for mutants. And really it appears the human race. Cause that whole world looks pretty sad. Um, <laughs> is just a product of people who are different, unwilling to live together. Right. Like, so Mystique and Magneto do not want to live in the same world as Bob Trask, and that feeling's mutual. And because they can't get along, it creates problems in the future that ultimately leads to the destruction of the entire race. Right. Yeah. So I just, I like that. I, a lot of people hate that. I mean, and there are still, still those over the top comic book elements. I mean, you still have Sentinels in there. So it's got all those elements. But a lot of people I remember were kind of critical. They're like, it's kind of a weak bad guy. I'm like, no, that's actually, I sometimes agree with you on that. But this is actually kind of the point of the movie they're saying is like, Characters have to make selfless decisions that that help people they don't like in order to prevent the awful thing from happening. Mm. And again, I think it's all about like working together and yeah, rah rah human uh, humans and, and everyone working together so we can make a better world. Uh, anyway, it's also super fun. They also have lots of fun with the time shenanigans. It also has the first class cast um, of James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence interacting with Hugh Jackman, which was on oh my, like, I really want this in an X-Men <laughs> film before Hugh Jackman retires, and they gave it to us. So you got um, it in there. I got it. It's, it was made for me. <laughs> truthfully like when it came out i was like they checked all my boxes that I yeah. wanted. uh time travel x-men um okay anyway uh so that, that that's another kind of fun one um i don't know i have a couple more but i wanted to give you guys a chance are there any others that we haven't given a shout out to that you want to nod at yeah uh i'd like to throw out a nod to another terry, terry gilliam movie uh time bandits hey oh um, now we're talking that one is a, another Really fun one with a very shockingly dark ending. <laughs> <laughs> a Terry Gilliam with the movie with a dark ending. I can't believe, can't it. believe it. What? Um, and then, uh, uh, what else? This one's a little different. You might not like it, but it's an underseen indie film that I think more people should see. It's called Sound of My Voice. Mm. Um, and it is about a uh, these people who are trying to infiltrate. There's this cult led by a woman played by Britt Marling. Uh, and she uh, claims to be from the future, uh, and uh, she's kind of building this cult of people. So this guy infiltrates it to learn more and see if this is going to be something that grows into something dangerous. And uh, it becomes a very big question as to whether it maybe she is actually from the future or yeah. is she just crazy? And that's kind of what the whole movie is about and how this guy is kind of lured into this uh, and, and whether he believes it or not. So definitely... Huge recommend for that. Um, sure. And uh, it's, great. it's another trope we didn't really talk about, like yeah. the whole, like, this person says they're from the future. I mean, we get a little bit of that with 12 Monkeys, but, yeah. like, that's actually another very popular trope that's a lot of fun sometimes. Yeah. Like the, mm-hmm. are they from the future or are they crazy? Yeah. But, like, when you're yeah. witnessing it from someone else's perspective. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Zach, anything to add there? Uh, Well, Sound of My Voice is great. Everyone should watch it. Uh, it's one of those movies that you're watching and you're like, this is really good. And then it gets to a certain scene and you're like, oh, this is really this is good. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that, that movie's great. Um, I'd also like to, of course, me being me, uh, I have to point out uh, another Star Trek movie that has time travel yeah. and that's Star Trek First Contact, yeah. which is another one of the best Star Trek movies of all time. This is with the Next Generation cast uh, directed by uh, Jonathan Frakes himself. Yes. Commander Riker, and that right. movie rules. It's got the Borg. It's got the Borg. It's probably the the Star Trek thing that really made the Borg the Borg. Like obviously mm-hmm. they were in uh, yeah. a lot of next gen episodes, 
yeah. and there's some stuff there, but probably this is the movie that made them like super iconic. Yeah. Uh, and then definitely heavily influenced Star Trek Voyager was the show that was on at the time. And they, after that movie came out, suddenly the Borg <laughs> were a big part of the, the Voyager wow, show. Wow, what a coincidence. Uh, which is great because it, those episodes are great in Voyager. But uh, yeah, Star Trek First Contact is great. It's another one of those. It's just like, it's it doesn't worry about the mechanics of the time travel at all. Yeah. It's just like, they do it uh, and they have to go back and stop the Borg from uh, messing up our human past. Uh, which is still in the context of Star Trek. It's still our future yeah. from our perspective, me right now, <laughs> uh, but to Star Trek characters perspective, it's their past. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, it's just a great uh, Star Trek movie. It's a great movie in general. It's, it's one of the best uh, Star Trek movies for sure. It's a great, great like expansion of the like best of both worlds. Yes. Episodes on of next gen. Yes. Um, Cause it really takes the Picard character and interesting mm-hmm. uh, very closely and, and very overtly uh, references like Moby Dick and how yeah. the, the Borg are basically his, his great white, white whale. Whale. Yeah. Hey, whales. Um, yeah. We're back to whales. Um, <laughs> Lots of whale talk. Wait, is this yeah. the one with the whales? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they talk about Moby Dick, so it's kind of. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Star Trek First Contact is great. And yeah, it definitely expands on those, the uh, iconic two-parter of the next gen yeah. show. Uh, the best of both worlds where uh, Captain Picard is captured by the Borg <gasps> and assimilated and becomes Locutus. Uh, and, oh, man, that is a, that is a two-parter of two-parters, my friend. Great like, TV. Uh, the, that cliffhanger from one episode to the other is, like, I can't imagine being there when it happened. Yeah. Because uh, it was, like, it was literally the end of the season was the first of the two-parter episodes, so you had to wait until the entire next season to see the conclusion. And boy, that cliffhanger it ends, ends on is just like, it's intense. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, like you, you need to watch it. It's uh, great. It's, There's a lot of homework great. coming out of this episode. Guys. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just watch it's all, all the Star Trek. <laughs> all watch all the Star Honestly, Trek. Honestly. Yeah. Watch all Star Trek. It's, it's great. I know you guys aren't as enthusiastic about the new star. Well, new 2009, uh, Star Trek films, I have mixed feelings about them, but <laughs> I did think the first to the 2009 Star Trek, yeah, um, starring Chris Pine. Yeah, I know. I think that's a great movie. Uh, a really clever use of time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, more clever in the meta narr- larger meta narrative of Star Trek. Yeah. A really good way of saying the things, everything you watch still matters, but we're also gonna reboot it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. 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 That, was great. Um, that, was, that was a very clever way of doing that. It's pretty smart. Uh, a good way to have have your cake and eat it too. Uh, But also it really isn't time travel, obviously factors majorly into that movie. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a big element, but I, I never like my first takeaway from the movie wasn't, I just watched a time travel film. Yeah. It's really, I just watched a star Trek film that happens to use that mechanic a couple of times, Yeah, but a couple of times it uses it. It's huge. Like, yeah. Sets the stage for the entire movie. Kind of like Terminator, I guess yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I will give another shout out. Uh, gotta, gotta say, Bill and Ted's excellent oh, adventure. Of course. So much fun. Um, How have so, we not talked about that I, yet? I know. That uh, that nearly cracked one of my runner-ups. It very nearly <laughs> did. Uh, gosh. And, and there's a new one coming out. Uh, that's incredible. There is. Like, in, uh, they just confirmed it's going to be available on demand, so we can actually watch it if we don't yeah. go to theaters, which yeah. is... It's kind of sad, but also exciting because I would. I think it actually is a good movie to watch. It seems like a good film that would play. Yeah, well at it seems home. like it would be a great theater movie. Yeah, yeah, I could do both. 
It works. It would yeah. be it would be better in the theater though to watch that in a whole audience full of Bill yeah. and Ted fans. Okay, that would yeah. be great. It's just like yeah. everything else, it it will work at home, but it'll be a lot better <laughs> we'll on the big screen theater. We'll make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm super excited about that. I think that's really clever. Um, I actually w- first watched that in my high school history class, and my history teacher. Like did lessons around each one of the people they pull. Oh, no, Freud and oh gosh, who else was it? Was Freud, Abe Lincoln, they Gandhi? Did they take Gandhi? Was that one of the people they kidnapped? Oh, it's been so long. Yeah, me too. Sure. Like it was all the historical figures they they had pulled out that, that they we did like different lessons on, and we'd watch it in the context. Maybe he's like, look, it's they followed the history here, here, and here, and it was <laughs> see that sounds like a great teacher. It, he was, yeah, uh, and that's a great way to incorporate that. Uh, a great movie into your teaching lessons. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I also watched Bill and Ted in high school, uh, but it was for Spanish class and it was not, uh, we did not, they did not teach us lessons off of that. It was just, uh, <laughs> it was just, uh, we're just going to watch Bill and Ted today and that's what we're doing. Uh, I mean, no complaining like to me. Class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't complain. But yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you take it where you can get it. Bill yeah. and Ted's Excellent Adventure, clearly a movie you play in high school, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. I guess so. It was fun. And also they, they, they do, I kind of want to watch it again. Cause if I recall the time, the time travel makes no sense. And they, point out several times that they're like oh no worries we'll just go and send them back kind of i don't know i need to watch it again i remember feeling yeah. like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and they're kind of explaining it in a very bill and ted way that they're like yeah. well obviously this doesn't make any sense <laughs> but we're gonna say it does yeah it's uh, uh, amazing it's fun it's amazing. fun yeah so uh yeah there's also a shane caruth movie i'm not gonna talk about shane caruth much on the air though but there is one that people tend to like you can look it up and if you're not sure why we're not talking about it you should go check film twitter or the film news there's a lot of not great people uh, <laughs> that i that i respect the work of that yeah, i'm unfortunately unfortunately so anyway um i just have to give that a shout out because there's probably some film fans that they're like well how have you not mentioned this movie yeah yeah anyway I I think that man, we have guys we've talked for two hours about time travel films. Um, this has been a fun conversation. We could talk some more. We could we could go in depth. Army I, I of mean, darkness. Sorry. Ooh. Army <laughs> of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of sort of a time travel movie. Big kind of sorta. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time, but we have to, of course, before we close out today. There is we, we've talked about some great time travel films today, yeah. and as I've already said. The greatest time travel film is the one we haven't seen. Mm. And it could be available to you on August 6th, video on demand. Coming to an Xbox, maybe a PlayStation, <laughs> we're not sure, an Amazon near you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Shifter. Shifter. So Ooh, are we going to say one time, Shifter, you can stream it on demand on August 6th. We have talked at length in several past episodes about Shifter. I think this is like the seventh time we've, we've, mm. we've, 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 we've talked about it. Yeah. So... Um, so there's not probably a ton that can be said that has not already been said on this podcast about shifter, except that you should go see it. So is there anything Jacob or Zach you would like to tease listeners with now that that we literally years of us talking about this film, (laughs) people will be able to see it. Yeah. What would you like to say to those people? We have made it to the moment where they have their opportunity to watch shifter. What say you? Um, yeah, I think all that I have to say at this point is please watch it. Please, please watch it. Please, please, please go please buy my movie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, a lot of, 
amazing people over the years over the last couple of years have put in a ton of hard work uh shared their time and, and and talent with the movie and it's just really incredible that we've been very fortunate that horror collective uh acquired it and is doing such a great job of putting it out there and getting it available available for people um this year definitely was very different than what we thought this year was going to be um and we're just so grateful that um that while this wasn't our original plan, I think this is maybe in some ways better than our original plan. I think it's really turning out really great uh, for the movie. And um, yeah, I'm excited for people to see it. It's definitely a, uh, it's time travel, but it's also, we tried to play with the rules and tried to uh, uh, take it from a different approach. I think it's probably very different than any of the time travel movies that we mentioned today. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what people think of it. I hope, hope they like it. Please watch it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's called Shifter if you missed it. Uh, and last note there, um, guys, it's been such a pleasure over the last, yeah, two years, two-ish years yeah, talking about, about Shifter with you guys. Um, we've uh, listeners, if you want to go back and, and hear the history of the making of the film, um, we'll have all of our Shifter audio diary series linked in the show notes below. There's several episodes where we're, t- where we're talking with Jacob and Zach in the pre-production phases, the casting phases, the set location phases. Um, and then we, we catch up with you guys after your production, which is broken into two different parts, kind of get your take there. And then uh, more recently, we talked about your plans to uh, release the film at CineQuest uh, right in the midst of a pandemic, global <laughs> pandemic. Uh, and then we talked uh, with you guys when you're able to bring that film back home uh, in June to the Dead Center film festival to kind of the the hometown uh oklahoma city so uh it's been an incredible journey just talking with you guys and seeing the film more just this whole story seeing you guys work really hard seeing guys pour your blood sweat and tears into to raising that money which i know is a a huge undertaking and then seeing you guys execute the film and then um even helping you guys out with the audio commentary lots of fun um like you know it's been a real pleasure been a real ride and i'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about with your next film uh, whatever the case may be there. Uh, so anyway, I just want to say thank you for letting me be a part of your journey there and, and uh, the Cinematropolis and Cinematic Schematic being a part of that as well. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please go check out Shifter. It's available August 6th on demand, and we will catch you all again next time.